Listening to the first hour. This is the Freedom Ministry, and I'm still your host, Chris Switzer. Made a couple interesting calls, um, little sidebar, you know, from what I was reading from, and that's okay. That's okay. And yes, I am aware of the, you know, health concerns with uh, circumcision, and you know what we were told. At least I was told when I was younger. For the purpose behind it was to. Keep your hygiene, your hygiene. So I don't know if it's a lack of hygiene or if it's something that, you know, uh, would marginalize your anatomy uh, to not do it. But it's it's a tough one because I'm of the opinion that we are built perfectly in his image. Um, But again, like I said, I think we're missing the boat with the inward circumcision of the heart and conforming to him instead of conforming to man. And that's really what it's all about. And having the love that we would, that he had for us to put himself on the cross, sinless, blameless, so that he was a worthy sacrifice for our deadly sin. That's what it's all about. And I'm reading from Second Esdras, You can get a copy for free at twoesdras.org. And I'm reading from the foreword published by Tim Schwab, founder of The God Culture, and his team. I continue. And this is page 11 of the PDF from the foreword. The Dead Sea Scrolls identify those factions who were new to Jerusalem and foreigners, not Hebrews, as the sons of darkness, the wicked priest, quote-unquote. Those who seek smooth things, quote-unquote, and liars, quote-unquote, even. They place them at war, spiritually, with the Bible keepers. And we listen to these sons of darkness, quote-unquote, today, which is why we know little about the Qumran community. And the church loses track of the Bible keepers in ignorance, just not knowing. It's been hidden. Of course, the Protestant Church is so busy marginalizing the Old Testament in willing ignorance, it cannot even see this narrative, yet this is one of the most important issues of our era. And I would tend to agree. The days of increasing knowledge Daniel predicted are upon us, 
and they will render themselves obsolete as they are left behind clinging to what are now proven to be the doctrines of men injected and certainly not scripture and there are many. In our introduction, we publish our research proving the Qumran community is not a scene, which we find an illiterate proposition. There is no mention of Essenes a single time in all the many writings from Qumran, yet over a hundred identifying the inhabitants of this community as the exiled temple priests who are the sons of Zadok, from Levi, from Aaron. We cover the history and archaeology of the Essene headquarters well-entrenched 25 miles south of Qumran in the Ein Gedi. We also prove Qumran is the biblical Bethabra. Um, I'm mispronunciating that. Bethabara. The biblical Bethabara, where John the Baptist, a son of Zadok, and the great prophet even, lived and operated and immersed Messiah in the river. Messiah even visited this community, again placing his endorsement on their practices, including their Bible. And I notice we do have another caller, so I will take your call, Lynn, in Maryland. Hey, Lynn. Hey, Chris. Thank you very much. Um, okay, I got five things. <laughs> I've been mm-hmm. saving up. No, because usually I don't comment on circumcision, but but mm-hmm. I. But the fifth one actually has to do with kitties, and I'll just share um, sure. what my experience and the role in our house was, and then how how the you know you know how we all misunderstand each other. Uh, okay, first off, how much do hospitals charge to circumcise babies? Do you know? Uh, I, I don't actually. Can you tell us? <laughs> no, I have. I've never had a baby, I but I would imagine free. that you know it's <laughs> but, not cheap. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. All right. That was my first my first thought. Okay, number two. Ishmael was what, thirteen when he was circumcised? I was wondering, do Muslims still wait until guys are thirteen to circumcise their males? Because if they do, that could explain why there are a lot of angry Muslim men. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think that's more comical than anything. I don't believe there's any truth to that. In <laughs> fact I don't think they circumcise at all. Oh, well, see, I wouldn't know, because actually, mm-hmm. I, I would have, in my lifetime, gone, wait, wait, what's the matter with you? <laughs> Which yeah. is, speaking of Mike from Texas, well, I mean, Mike from Kentucky, when he brought up, you know, listen to the guys and the guys' problem, I thought, well, I hope he told her before he married her. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I can't like, give you I can tell you, right. my, my ex-husband's mother, and I mean, good Baptist lady, right? And his father was a nightmare. And she, you know, she, she, she told me one time she chased him around the outside of the house with a butcher knife. And I could have never pictured that until she said it. And I still chuckle when I hear it. And I understand mm. it because I was married to her son. I get it. And um, <laughs> I wasn't married that long to him, thank God. And But um, I remember her saying that if she was going to get married again, she was going to be sure to check out the, the equipment beforehand. <laughs> Make sure everything works. Yeah, take worked. a look under the hood. Yeah, make sure it worked <laughs> before she jumped in. Um, but but just for anybody who doesn't know, there is an impotence anonymous. Um, honestly, there is. It is mm-hmm. my husband's ex-wife's mother-in-law who runs it. Um, okay. okay, but my other thing is, when it comes to when they have a, is it called a brisk? For Jewish folks who do a circumcision yeah. to babies on the eighth day, it's usually in the living room. Are you telling me that whatever that guy's name is, who because it's not usually a rabbi, it's somebody who specializes in doing that, imagine that, um, actually sucks the blood off that baby in front of yeah, it's everybody? Yeah, the matzah papa. Yeah, you can watch videos on YouTube right now. But yes. No, I don't watch videos. They run VR in the saying, background. I don't go on the Internet. Repented yeah, in 2017. Okay, well, not then here's my next question. When an adult male converts to Judaism, the rabbi doesn't really circumcise the guy if he's uncircumcised, but they stick a pin in his penis. Now, 
one, I would find that whole thing, like, terribly embarrassing if I were a guy. Like, get off of me. Don't touch me. And, I mean, one, I, I couldn't understand converting to Judaism. But, you know, I guess if you're in love, I you know, whatever. And the best wedding I ever went to, FYI, was actually a Polish, a Catholic Polish bride and a Jewish husband. That was wonderful. And it was it was a very interesting wedding. <laughs> but I'm just thinking, I don't know what the rabbi does, but here's the thing about the kitty cat. My husband and I, after many years and situations, came up with a rule that if somebody, and not a person, okay, a somebody mm-hmm. pet, um, was pretty much terminal, you know, or, or you know, it, it, you know, okay, we had a $500 rule. And if the treatment was going to cost more than $500, that was the cutoff. Now, mm-hmm. here's the misunderstanding, because that was the rule, and it was like if somebody was terminal, you know, was, you know they were really sick or whatever. And yeah. something happened to one of the cats, and whatever the treatment was cost over $500. And I came home and he said, I thought we had a $500 rule. And I said, yeah, but that was if somebody was dying. He mm. just got hurt. <laughs> you know, he wasn't terminal. He just got hurt. So, you know, that was just a rule we had. And it actually helped pretty okay. much kind of. We actually, we had a dog that was very sick, and he got sicker and sicker and sicker, and I kept saying, you know, you're going to put this off, and it's going to be a day that doesn't work out, and it's exactly what happened. And mm-hmm. our vet was out of town, but the thing I did learn is I'll never put anybody to sleep that I'm not holding when they do it, because okay. I put somebody to sleep that was an oopsie, and actually my mm-hmm. husband kind of guilted me for it because I'm like, I can't have my draperies ruined like this. And the vet said the cat had a, you know, a kidney infection. It was an older cat. And then I took him back and said, look, my draperies are still getting drenched, you know. And so, okay, gave him the cat. He was going to put him to sleep. It didn't cure the drapery problem. And then my husband said something. It was a damn little dog. And... I'm like, look, I've already killed one person. You two better watch out. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, uh, and with, with pretty kitty is who I learned that never, I never, ever, ever will have anybody euthanized that I'm not holding Mm -hmm. because I wouldn't have done that to pretty kitty if I was holding him. Whereas I've held a lot of other animals at the time, you know, Mm. and And it was the right thing to do, you know. So, sure. um, but pretty kitty wasn't the right thing to do. And the dog's lucky he survived long enough to die of natural causes. And the irony is the poor thing then couldn't pee. That's what killed him. I'm just, just like, okay, God, you always have this way yeah. of teaching me a lesson. <laughs> you know? yeah. I don't sure always will. know what it is, but there seems to be a connection here. Yeah. So thank you, thank you. Thank you, Chris. Oh, I don't know if any of that is helpful, but actually yeah. that came out to be helpful for us. And even after my husband passed away, I remembered the $500 rule. And when my cat right. got attacked by a raccoon, it cost me like $2,000 and I didn't have any money. But, you know, it wasn't something that, you know, if I, if I didn't insist on the cat being treated and actually started going in and saying, no, you take care of these abscesses and I'm going to watch because mm-hmm. I got tired of my unregular vet not really doing the job right and me having to keep going back. But she survived mm-hmm. it. She survived it. Good. So, yes, and she, very and she good. Was a little tiny big fur ball. She was just, she didn't weigh anything and she was all fur. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> yeah. So I hope your kitty cat is okay. Thanks. I hope your kitty cat Thanks. gets better and, and your daughter is um, comforted. Thank and you. has lots of time loving her. Yes. That's my hope the same. Yeah. I appreciate yeah. the call, Lynn, as okay. always. Thank you, Chris. Thank you very much. I want to hear about Ezra. So I have my apocrypha right, right here. Okay, Perfect. thank you.
You got it. God bless you, Lynn. Okay, God bless you too, Chris, and your family. Bye. And Frank, thank you. <laughs> yes, of course. We all thank Frank and all the good people at RBN. Uh, please, as an aside here, I mean it. If you can donate, please donate to RBN, republicbroadcasting.org. Just hit that donate button or give them a call, 800-724-2719, extension 3. Just send a check or money order to them in the mail. Just stick it in the mail. You don't even have to talk to them. Address the check or money order to RBN and send it off to 2251 Double Creek Drive, number 302, Round Rock, Texas, 78664. And if you feel so compelled to help out with me, you know, the Freedom Ministry, I don't accept donations. Um, I don't want anything like that to color what I do, influence me in any way, shape, or form. So I just, that's my rule. But if you feel compelled to do that, donate to RBN. It will help me. Okay? It'll help voices like mine stay on the air. And you can continue listening. So it's a win-win. Um, real quick, before I jump back into Second Esdras, um, Lynn did bring up something that's related, a little synchronicity to a video I just put up on BitChute called The Value of Statistical Life, or VSL. And it's a real thing. Um, she you know, said her rule in her house was the $500 for like, you know, um, terminal illness in a pet, right? Well, the VSL is actually a real uh, value that these big industrial corporations and these industries put on men and women, men's life. Um, The VSL is different for the EPA than it would be for the auto industry, than it would be for, um, say, you know, the industry, I guess. Um, but what it means is this. If they determine, based on their calculations, that the cost of a life uh, for General Motors audience, I guess, is $5.2 million per life. That's what they've determined. Um, and there's formulas for this, mind you. And it only saves, you know, a certain amount of people to put, like, the uh, seatbelt, you know, in the back seat and that little beep noise from the console. Beep, beep, beep. You know, put on your seatbelt. Um, they only do that for the front, as you notice, right? Not the back seat. Why? Because the VSL, or the value of statistical life, for those people are too much. You know, they're not gonna they're not gonna put out the money for it because it, it exceeds the statistical value of life. So I'm probably not saying it as, as well as I could put it articulately, um, but if you go to my BitChute channel, bitchute.com forward slash the Freedom Ministry, you will see an excerpt from a TV series called The Blacklist that goes all into that and shows you how the industries are wicked as the day is long. And it has nothing to do with morality or the value of life in a real sense, you know, from Elohim, but that of man and men's tradition. And with that, I will jump right back into the reading of Second Esdras. And you can get your copy from 2esdras.org for free. Okay, where was I here? These are the biblical keepers of scripture, and never once are they on record as operating as such frauds as to make up their own writings and call it scripture. And I'm referring to the uh, the Levitical priesthood that carried on uh, through the sons of Zadok when they were exiled in about 165. They do not pretend to be prophets falsely. That is the practice of the rabbis, not the temple priests whom Moshe and even Jacob entrusted as the curators of scripture. What an insane accusation for a so-called Bible scholar to level an Aaronic Levite temple priest, to level at an Aaronic Levite temple priest whose lineage went before the very presence of Yahuwah in his holy of holies. The opinion that these curators lost their passion and sense of responsibility in their calling is ludicrous and unscholarly. Most seem to forget that though Israel and the southern kingdom rebelled, the sons of Zadok who led the temple worship continued to remain holy. Don't go anywhere, folks. We'll return right after the break. Stay May gather anywhere without permission. Use only the drugs prescribed by your boss or supervisor. Obey all orders without question. The comfort you've demanded is now... 
consider this. Dead people see only what they want to see. And frankly, most of us are still dead. Let me give you the lessons of gold and five easy lessons. Number one, don't buy it because you need to make money. You buy gold because you need to protect the money you already have. Don't ever look at the price as a barrier. Look at it as an incentive. Number three, don't buy its paper pretenders. We talked about that a lot. Buy gold. Buy the real thing in the form of coins and bullion. Fourth, don't fall prey to glitzy television or Facebook ads. Do your due diligence instead. And that's what I try to provide you with and have for 26 and a half years on the air and 30 years in this profession. Fifth, don't allow naysayers to divert your interest. Allow yourself the right to protect your interests as you see fit. Jeff Bennett here. One of the ways you can do that is to contact Kettle Moraine Limited. Contact me by calling or texting me at 602-799-8214. 602-799-8214. You can also email me at kettlemoraineltd at cox.net. Let me help you protect your wealth and your family today. Once again, call or text us at 602-799-8214 or visit our website, sierramadrepreciousmetals.com. Be glad to help you out. Be glad to answer your questions. That's what we're here for. No pressure. Just good, hard, common sense. The decision then becomes up to you. Hi, Tom Bolton for Ease Off. I know so many of you are finding our EZ4 Carcass Drop and Lift an essential tool for your meat processing operation. But today I want to spotlight four of our new products. First, our right height hog cradles with steel or aluminum frames. Our customers love this back-saving innovation that enhances sanitation and speeds production. Next, our beef cradles with stainless steel or aluminum frames eliminate rust and corrosion. We hope you'll compare our quality and prices for this essential part of your processing line. Our cradles are especially effective when used with our power skinner. And finally, our hook tumbler will keep your hooks clean and polished. EaseOff.com. We make pigs fly. Cows, too. EaseOff, LLC. 417-932-6419. We interrupt this program with a special bulletin. America is now under martial law. All constitutional rights have been suspended. Stay in your home. Do not attempt to contact loved ones, insurance agents, or attorney. Shut up. Do not attempt. Welcome back, folks. Welcome back. You are listening to the Freedom Ministry on RBN. I'm still your host, Chris Switzer. And I am reading from the copy published from 2Ezras.org by The God Culture. So this is the forward. Um, if you're waiting to hear from, you know, actual scripture from 2nd Ezra, I apologize. We are reading from the forward, and we are going to cover it all, and probably into the weeks to come. Continuing, the forward, page 11, the PDF. This is not only evidenced in the abundant Qumran scrolls of their local community writings and application and interpretation, but even in Ezekiel's days of prophecy, these remained truly pious. And I'm talking about who are these? The Zadok uh, lineage, the sons of Zadok, who carried on, um, you know, the library in Qumran, keeping Yahuwah's command. This is scripture from Ezekiel chapter 40, Verse 46 from the King James. And the chamber whose prospect is toward the north is for the priests, the keepers of the charge of the altar. These are the sons of Zadok, among the sons of Levi, which come near to Yahuwah to minister unto him. And then Ezekiel 44, verse 15. 
But the priests, the Levites, the sons of Zadok, that kept the charge of my sanctuary when the children of Israel went astray from me, they shall come near to me to minister unto me, and they shall stand before me to offer unto me the fat and the blood, saith Yahuwah Elohim. Ezekiel 48, verse 11. And it shall be for the priests that are sanctified of the sons of Zadok, which have kept my charge, which went not astray when the children of Israel went astray, as the Levites went astray. Here we are in the last days in which knowledge is increasing, ancient knowledge which we have lost largely. We now have the writings of these holy priests who ran the temple and kept the Bible. Some might find a passage about Levites going astray, but read this. The sons of Zadok did not. They are the inhabitants of Qumran, continuing the same holy practice following the law of Moshe, Moses, and keeping scripture. Ezekiel is late in the game for the southern kingdom exiled at the time to Babylon already, yet these priests still remained pious until then. He spends much of his book on the future. He identified for us the faction who connects it all. The Old Testament and the New Testament melt together in their writings and practices. It is one testament, folks. It is the Bible. This is the home of John the Baptist, who as a son of Zadok himself, qualified to be high priest. What we see in scripture is Messiah, or Moshiach's endorsement of John, which is Yohanan in Hebrew. Yohanan, as there was none greater, quote-unquote, before him. The last prophet, quote-unquote, in a line of prophets. Elias, or Elijah, which was for to come. That's quoted from Matthew. 11, 11 through 14. This included the practices of his community in Qumran, called Bethabara, which Yahusha observed himself, even participating as he chose to be baptized there in the place where scripture was kept. Yohanan the Immerser did immerse Yahusha, right there in Qumran, at Bethabara. Where else would he, who is the word, choose to launch his ministry? Seems appropriate, right? the very place he would preserve on the Dead Sea that we would rediscover in 1947. And very interesting, folks, that that same year, 1947, is when things started to really kick off in Palestine, where they decided to gift that land, undeserved, didn't belong to, this Zionist faction of Canaanite Edomites through the Balfour Agreement and the Rothschilds, whose agents were in Britain at the time. Very interesting. That same time period. The imposters. And that's the same faction, the same principality that's behind this, which I believe to be Gog of Magog, that's behind all this stuff we see today. These wars, these rumors of wars, and famine, and pestilence, natural disasters. Yes, his promise to preserve his word is truth. Why search first century Rabbi Babel when we have an extensive library of scripture, their official canon of indisputable renown and historicity, their commentaries, their hymns, their community laws based on scripture, which references even their calendars, etc. Yet over 70 years later, we are still asking questions like, what was the original canon? It was found already. This was found in 1947, folks. They wanted to eclipse that with the creation of Israel proper in Palestine. They're imposters, folks. This is the Esau Edomites. Are the Nephilim truly the Don't go anywhere, folks. More to come. Stay tuned right after the break. Without permission, use only the drugs prescribed by your boss or supervisor. Shut up! Be happy! Obey all orders without question! The comfort you've demanded is now... I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Real news. Real talk. Real people. Because you can 
handle the truth. I'm so excited to have you as part of the Wild Pastures family, and we look forward to bringing you the pastures meats that you and your family will love. Now, we started Wild Pastures because so many of my clients would tell me they just couldn't find high-quality pastures meats, and even when they did, it was so expensive that they couldn't afford to eat it regularly. Now, I'm not talking about the bottom-of-the-barrel healthy meats that have claims like natural or free-range or even cage-free, terms that were actually created by the industrial food industry to make us feel all warm and fuzzy about buying their low quality products. I'm talking about truly nourishing pasture-raised meats, the kind that you'll never really find in a grocery store. Our farmers are doing things beyond organic. Our beef is 100% grass-fed and grass-finished and raised on pastures free from chemicals and other pesticides. Our chickens are 100% pasture-raised, where they get their natural diet of grass and forage and insects. We will never settle for free range, which is actually one of the most deceptive terms in the chicken industry. In fact, less than 0.1% of the chicken consumed in the United States is truly pasture-raised in the way that ours is. And our pork is 100% pasture-raised as well. So if you care about where your food comes from, then you have definitely made it to the right place. As a Wild Pastures member, you'll be supporting the most highly principled farmers in America and getting the most nutrient-dense, nourishing, and sustainable meats in the world. I'm confident you'll love being part of our mission at Wild Pastures, and you will really love the delicious, nourishing meats that we're going to deliver straight to your door. Visit republicbroadcasting.org and click the Wild Pastures banner ad. Secure a shipment today. Beef, poultry, and pork raised the way nature intended. People often write to tell us what has happened for them since starting Extendivite. Allow me to read a few highlights. Extendivite works in keeping my blood pressure in the normal range. I have been using Extendivite for many years. Great product. I use regularly and I rarely get sick. This product has relieved what appeared to be angina pain in my chest and shortness of breath after climbing stairs. I'm quite happy about it. My husband, son, and I have been using this product for a few months now, and we have noticed an improvement in our joints and blood pressure. To order, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit Extendivite.com. That's X-T-E-N-D-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Extend your life with Extendovite. That individual will. All sports broadcasts will proceed as normal. No more than two people may gather anywhere without permission. Use only the drugs prescribed by your boss or supervisor. Shut up! Be happy! Obey all orders without question! The comfort you've demanded is now... We're back, folks. This is the Freedom Ministry on RBN. I'm still your host, Chris Switzer. And before we jump back into the reading, we do have another caller. Um, most of you listening are probably familiar with Tom in Utah. Hey, Tom. Hi, Chris. Hey, I had the great opportunity to be medical advisor to several scholars who are working on the Dead Sea Scrolls and the Nagamati Repository. So mm-hmm. I'm just curious, how much weight do you put on the, uh, the healing, let's see, the ASEAN Gospel of Peace? I think that's the uh, one particular uh, group of uh, parchments. You see in Gospel of Peace, are you familiar with that? Um, not so much, and again, um, yeah, I'm not really interested in the Essenes, um, as I'm, as this author is proving out, actually. Um, the Essenes were not the ones who kept the library at Qumran. They were 25 miles south in the Ein Gedi. Well, yeah, they were working on the Qumran repository. Okay. Anyway, uh, I just was curious if you uh, put any weight on that particular writing. 
I'm trying to remember the, the gentleman who actually was re retranscribing or translating what's called the uh, pseudopigrapha, a, a collection of a lot of books. You're familiar mm -hmm. with the pseudopigrapha? Of course. Yeah, R.H. Charles does a lot of that, and he translated from the Gies, uh, which is like an Abyssinian language um, from that area, you know, Kush, Ethiopia. Yeah. Yeah, in fact, I sat with him on many occasions. He came out to our university, and we were, how do you say, mm. honored in being able to discuss the, the what they were finding, and so several mm. of our scholars were given the duty to trans translate those parchments, or to try to piece mm. them together and make things fit. Sure. Anyway, I just was curious if you okay referred to that. The no, course, I would definitely main, do it though. And, and what's really interesting is how the Vatican has inserted uh, some books into the canon of scripture that we have that is yeah. absolutely in contradiction to actually the rest of the canon. You know, yeah. if you go to the minor prophets as well as the apostles and and Christ himself, but the Vatican inserted, and of course you know that St. Francis of Assisi was murdered or I say executed because he was in contradiction with the Vatican. You know his story, right? Yeah, that's a dangerous uh, place to be if you're, uh, you know, public, vocal, and you have a following, <laughs> for sure. Sean, Sean Connery, the actor, played the part of St. Francis of Assisi in what's called, I think it's called The Rose. It played in the movie theaters one night, and then it was pulled. Hmm. Because it was talking about how he was in contradiction with the Vatican, and the Vatican was not happy with their, quote, Xerox copy center. Yeah. Uh, St. Francis and his monks were the uh, copy center for the, for, the, uh, for the Bible as it was being presented to them through the Vatican reserves and the, and the bishops. We were very mm. unhappy with the, with St. Francis because, kind of like King James, King James also inserted his corruption to make sure that he looked good. That's why the other Bibles had to be uh, burned or dis, dis, discarded and then replaced with the King James. But thank goodness the finger of God is still in the King James. Thank you. Absolutely. It sure is. But you gotta yeah, well, I would definitely look way. into that. Um, I'm not familiar, though, so I don't have a comment, unfortunately. Well, just briefly, the, the major message of the Essene Gospel and the other Qumran records are we must be at peace with creation. That mm. was the desire of Christ. Sure. Anyway, check that out and give me a holler if you have any thoughts. I will, Tom. Thank you. By the way, your your physiology gives the same message. Talk to you mm. later. All right. God bless you, Tom. Yes, I'm unfamiliar with that uh, one he mentioned, uh, the Gospel of Peace, uh, the Essene Gospel. I will definitely look into it. Um, don't know if it was found with the same Qumran findings, um, but it could perhaps... Um, we have uh, Chance back on the line uh, with another question. Welcome. Well, yes, okay. Chris, I'm sorry. I apologize for calling back a second time. But I knew there was something I forgot to ask you. Uh, lately, I've been, I'll take my uh, answer or your comments off the air so somebody else can call. Mm -hmm. uh, lately, I've been kind of intrigued. I've been reading about the group called the Cathars, C-A-T-H-A-R-S. Are you familiar with them? Oh, Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I'll take my comments off the air if you could describe. I was kind of uh, intrigued by what I read. It was pretty interesting. I'm, I'm going to hang up so somebody else can call, but if you could comment on that, I would appreciate it. Thank you now. Sure, sure. Absolutely. Yeah, the, the, the Cathars, um, 
were a Gnostic, uh, or considered Gnostic, that's what they've been labeled, a Gnostic sect or movement. Um, it was around, I guess, uh, what you would consider, you know, Dark Age times, um, like uh, the 13th century or so, I guess. Um, and they were at odds with, you know, the, the doctrine or dogma at the time. Um, but they referred to themselves as, as Christians. You know, they thought of themselves as Christians. And they believed that there was not one God, but two gods, one good, one evil, um, which was, of course, in direct contradiction to the uh, Council of Nicaea, the Nicene Creed, um, which held that one God created all things, visible and invisible, and that's the duality. You know, uh, Elohim created everything, the good, the evil, and everything in between. He created the universe. So they do have some ideas, some beliefs, um, but it's their beliefs, their doctrine. Um, they're not really following Scripture. You know, they're not following Yahuwah, if you will. So it's another cult, you know, just like most cults out there. They fit the textbook definition. But the Cathars definitely have a um, pretty lengthy history, and you can read about them. And, you know, I'm sure there are scholars who spend their whole day and night and time studying and talking about the Cathars and Catharism. Uh, but that's definitely not my uh, my point. And um, if you're you know interested, you're welcome to go look at it. But I'm going to jump right back into the reading here um, to Esdras.org if you'd like to download a copy. I'm in the forward on page 12 of the PDF. And I will continue. It said last, um, he was asking, Are the Nephilim truly giants and the offspring of angels and man? And second Esdras, answer that in the affirmative. What modern scholar could possibly even attempt to overrule and especially marginalize and even obscure the significance of this find, which actually represents one of the greatest discoveries in history? The very restoration of the word is sitting right there, and we hear illiterate language from hordes of scholars who behave as elementary dunces on the topic. In the case of Jubilees, which we published in full, the sons of Zadok label it and use it as Torah. If the temple priest used Jubilees as Torah, who cares what any scholar nor Pharisee would ever have to say about its authenticity as scripture? They have no permission to overrule the biblical authority, and it does not matter what the illegitimate usurpers of the temple, a.k.a. the Pharisees or modern rabbis, perceived as their canon, which was rebuked, mind you, by Messiah in Mark 7 and elsewhere. We find the same with 2nd Esdras, which we publish the Torah test in this introduction following. When we can find a text which appears to be the basis of quotes from Yahusha, Hamashiach himself, the Christ, even identified as such in the 1611 King James and the 1560 Geneva Bibles, as well as direct connections to the Dead Sea Scrolls, we have very strong reservations about scholarly criticism, which then questions the written date of the books, placing them much later than the text clearly identifies. Again, they operate as scoffers, representing the position that the sons of Zadok were liars when they are the ones listening to the ancient liars according to Scripture. They sit in the seat of the scornful and ridicule and ignorance and prove they are challenged to read and comprehend. For instance, anyone can read this text and see that it could not have been written during nor after the time of the apostles. After defining the end times in what is clearly the origin of revelation language, Yahuwah himself tells Ezra, he has not revealed these things to anyone before. So this is written prior to to John's writing of Revelation when he was exiled to Patmos. If this was written in 50 AD or after, those scholars are calling Yahuwah a liar. This cannot be the case. We will explore this further, but it also affirms that Ezra prophesied the coming of Moshiach, dating it very closely to about 0 BC, and he knew his name would be Yahusha. This is firmly prophesied and accurate. Firmly prophecy and accurate. Second Esdras thirteen fifty three through fifty four says, 
This is the interpretation of the dream which you saw, and whereby you only are here lightened. For you have forsaken your own ways and applied your diligence unto my law and sought it. Good for Ezra. Though the connection to the Dead Sea Scrolls with these books is not as definitive as Jubilees, which is identified in their writings as Torah specifically, we find First and Second Esdras extremely well written in matching scripture, as well as some Dead Sea fragments mislabeled which we will explore. More importantly, when we read prophecies that would be future, even if this dating was accurate as late as 218 AD or so, these test as powerful and true. When a work that vets as scripture, even quoted by Messiah, reveals itself as truth and accurate in prophecy, this is the very definition of inspired. Then, to call into question such inspired writings as scripture seems a mischaracterization of an inept paradigm who is not even attempting to find the truth. As we will cover, the prophecy of the eagle that clearly identifies the Holy Roman Empire which did not exist at the time of the writing, regardless of dating, we firmly believe this inspired. When then the text says it was written by Ezra the prophet, that also rings true. The alternative, again, is to accuse the exiled temple priests of falsifying. We will produce evidence that takes this dating back to at least 100 B.C., Many times, those same scholars will level such accusation and then continue to discuss the book as potential scripture in theology, yet they already undermined it in ethics. Of course, they'll float back and forth, but the whole process appears double-minded. If the book vets is truth, then what it says in terms of authorship as well is truth. Otherwise, the whole thing would be false and of little value. They take what they don't know and draw conclusions as if one can do so with what they don't know. In other words, they merely tell what they don't know and they have no conclusion. The main reason is they do not wish to believe Second Esdras especially represents prophecy, because if so, then the Pharisees must produce their Messiah at the time of Yahusha, whose name must be Yahusha, because this book foretells such with accuracy by date and name. It has historicity, folks. It's not just a story written by the traitors and imposters of the sons of darkness, the synagogue of Satan. In the Torah test, we will cite fragments we believe to be mislabeled. The first belongs to, quote-unquote, Proto-First Esdras, grossly mislabeled as Proto-Esther, We will prove this is an obvious and blatant fraud in which the story of Esther matches practically none of the fragments involved. Anyone who can read and understand the story could never claim they belong to Esther. We will then cite a scholarly review of 2nd Esdras that demonstrates a connection in thought of 2nd Esdras and the Qumran text, which is fascinating, though unproven. In their mindset, 2nd Esdras belongs with the Qumran genre, However, we will then go into the Dead Sea Scrolls themselves and firmly identify two fragments in which Second Esdras is used to render such commentary and interpretation of the Qumran Bethabara theology. This is extremely significant, as no one has done so. Once you review these, even if you do not agree, the historicity of these books rises to the occasion of inspired scripture in large part. We find them from the days of Qumran, including a fragment from the 1st century BC, meaning the rabbi dating is wrong, with ancient inclusions in Orthodox Tewahedo Biblical Canon, Codex Vaticanus, Codex Synecticus, uh, <laughs> Codex Alexandrinus, Latin Vulgate, Greek Septuagint, 1560 Geneva Bible, 1611 Original, Authorized King James Version, and even some modern canons to today. We will specify which periods as well. There is a reason why 1st and 2nd Esdras have withstood such long-standing, and it matters not what Pharisees nor Church decides to overrule, and what is precedence in Scripture as only the sons of Zadok 
kept the Old Testament, and only their canon matters in terms of what is or is not scripture. We also will obliterate the Essene theory with the very Qumran text themselves next. Additionally, in our introduction, we will cover the Messianic prophecies, the name of Yahuwah, the identity of the Qumran priest in their writings, who defiled the temple, test the Hanukkah hoax, and firmly link John the Baptist to Qumran. Following the introduction, we have curated 2nd Ezra's as our main highlight, with 1st Ezra's after. I do hear the music, folks. Don't go anywhere. Please donate to RBN if you can, and keep on listening. We'll return right after the break. Stay tuned. Permission. Use only the drug prescribed by your boss or supervisor. Shut up! Be happy! Obey all orders without question! The comfort you've demanded is now Are you sick of censorship? TLB Talk is the cure. TLB stands for truth, liberty, and balance. We are the newest and most unique social media platform to hit the internet. We were built out of necessity because Big Tech, Big Pharma, and Big Brother are out of control. The only thing bigger than them is when we the people are united. With that vision, TLB Talk was born. Our battlefield is in cyberspace. The battle we're in can be won by clicks of buttons and voting with your wallet. TLB Talk has no hidden agendas, no corporate funding, and we do not sell, trade, or give away any of your information. Our platform runs off of generous donations of members and merchandise profits. So please, check out our site. It's the best around. And be sure to stop by our store. It's loaded with items that'll have you feeling a sense of member pride and victory. Come unite with us today at TLBTalk.com and join the social media revolution. Here's some interesting news. Due to all the recent claims about possible nuclear wars, viruses, solar flares, and civil unrest, people are scrambling to prepare and stockpile food. But the one thing out of reach for many is an underground bunker. Until now. Because you can now have a 3D printed underground bunker in just one day. An excavator digs a hole in your backyard, and 3dbunkers.com shows up in a small truck and sets up their 3D printer under a tent completely undetected. They can print as many rooms as you want at a fraction of the cost compared to traditional metal bunkers. 3D Bunkers uses polymer concrete, which is five times stronger than regular cement. YouTube 3DBunkers.com and watch the video. The creators of 3D Bunkers is looking for a business partner that can help bring this technology to the world. And we need to protect our way of life without living in fear. Contact Brad at 3DBunkers.com for more details or visit 3DBunkers.com. Homeowners, if your lender has gone out of business or sold your transaction to another lender or servicer, you may be the victim of a wrongful foreclosure resulting in the loss of your home. If you've already lost your home, are in foreclosure, or even in good standing, you can challenge the mortgage transaction's illegal issue and your property can be restored to you, and your foreclosure can be stopped or reversed and the mortgage transaction declared unenforceable. State laws, U.S. title codes, the Uniform Commercial Codes, and U.S. Supreme Court rulings have upheld that defective mortgage documentations can reverse or stop foreclosures and enforce property title claims in favor of the homeowner. We are having successes in stopping the process of foreclosure, the enforcement of the foreclosure judgments, the sale of property, and evictions after the sale. We are not attorneys, and we don't give legal advice. We are a professional team of legal researchers, providing forensic mortgage audits and expert witnesses. We have the knowledge to produce the evidence and enforce laws regarding your legal issues. We've been in business for 12 years without a complaint. Consultations are free, and we provide a free title search to confirm if your mortgage has legal defects. Email tom at republicbroadcasting.org. T-O-M at republicbroadcasting.org. America is now under martial law. All constitutional rights have been suspended. Stay in your home. Do not attempt to contact loved ones, insurance agents, or attorneys. Shut up. Do not attempt. We're back. We're back. This is the Freedom Ministry on RBN. I am your host, Chris Switzer, and we have Mike uh, holding in Kentucky. Please. I think uh, 
there were some discoveries uh, that go back to like the 8th century and maybe even the 3rd century of, of uh, caves over there between uh, mm-hmm. Galilee and, and Qumran. So it, it was mm-hmm. known for quite a while that this was a habit. And uh, during the, uh, what do you call it, the jihad for hundreds of years, uh, the uh, mm-hmm. Islamic jihads were going around just burning everything. So... There's probably no doubt all kinds of stuff that we haven't found yet from uh, you know a thousand years ago that's been uh, hidden and buried, but um, the uh, I think the Essenes, as Tom had mentioned there, uh, I think they, some of their stuff was discovered hundreds of years ago, probably the eighth century, and um, mm. so uh, one article I read said that the caves were discovered between 1946 and 1958 or something like that. So it was mm-hmm. a it was an ongoing discovery. It didn't just happen in 1947. Depends on probably who you ask, but I know a lot of people want to put this big significance to 1947 or 48. But mm-hmm. uh, this one webpage, the Daily Mail, whatever you think of British media, has uh, an article about uh, from 2017, has the 12th Dead Sea Scroll Cave been found? Excavators discover a new site. And uh, mm-hmm. University of Kentucky had to use special radar technology to try to unfold a scroll that they uh, they were tasked with doing that in recent years. I remember seeing a whole mm-hmm. article on that. So they're using new technology to try to unroll some of these scrolls that are kind of fossilized together. So I think there's mm-hmm. still a lot more uh, that could be uh, discovered or uncovered or revealed. Uh, sure all over the Mediterranean because there's, there's uh, you know, Paul traveled all over the place and uh, those cultures were steeped in this, uh, what is it, Revelation calls the seat, the throne of Satan is up there in yeah. uh, Asia Minor. Pergamon, <laughs> yeah. So Christians had to hide. I mean, they were subject to being persecuted for probably hundreds of years, although I don't know about Domitian. Apparently there's some dispute over whether uh, Domitian actually persecuted Christians anywhere near as much as Nero. But in any event, uh, as soon as I got on the phone, people were started to converse here, and I'll let you finish your show. So there, there yeah, was something we're, else. We're at the end anyway, so if you yeah. if you have anything you'd like to add, uh, by all means. Well, I was going to try to send you the map, but I can't find it. that shows some of these other finds in the, around the Dead Sea uh, okay. Besides the Dead Sea Scrolls, but yeah, some of the Essene stuff was was actually found. I think it's in the third century and the eighth century that was documented, probably by the, the church, the you know, Roman Catholic Church, I should say. Uh, but uh, it, it, the whole the whole area there was a uh, kind of a, I guess you would say, outcasts and hermits, just like the the Galileans yeah. were considered the lowest of low class, you know. Uh, oh, yeah. And uh, so it's kind of ironic that he got baptized baptized in the Jordan River. That's probably one of the least clean bodies or river of water he could be baptized in. So yeah, and I'm not <laughs> sure that it, it. Yeah, yeah, I know, and I'm not everything sure everything drains it, into it, it. Everything everything uh, drains into it. But uh, there's yeah, a lot of rivers between uh, Galilee and uh, Dead Sea that drain into it. So anyway, yeah, thanks. Well, I appreciate all the callers, and I'm sorry I couldn't get to Tom again. Um, call in next week, and I will look into what you said as well as what you said, Mike, about people and so, uh, God bless you guys. Always go to God. Trust and obey. Keep listening to RBN. He's going to get you can. I'm out. Keep the faith. Hey there, are you going to wait till the cows come home to get your new ease-off drop and lift? What in the world is an ease-off drop and lift? Our ease-off is a new tool to increase production for your meat processing company that will get that whole hog or half a beef on or off your rail with our remote control. That sounds great, but can I afford it? Sure, and the ease-off installs fast. The effortless operation will reduce fatigue, speed up your line, and increase profits. Okay, I'm convinced. Where can I get my ease-off? Go to easeoff.com. That's E-A-Z-E-O-F-F dot com. And hurry, because we're offering free shipping for a limited time. Easeoff.com. We make pigs fly. 
cows too. Easop LLC 417-932-6419. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth.